we are back. Welcome to a historical seminar where we analyze, synthesize everything in U.S. American history. Today for episode 6, Ariana, Vanessa, and I are focusing on the 1865 through 1898 Gilded Age. We're touching on topics that influence post-Civil War American society, such as urbanization, social Darwinism, and the early era of Reconstruction. We know the Gilded Age was a term coined by Mark Twain to describe what was under the surface of the superficial prosperity, an era of corruption, conspicuous consumption, and unfeathered capitalism. It was a period where greedy, corrupt industrialists, bankers, and politicians enjoyed extraordinary wealth at the expense of the working class. In fact, it was wealthy tycoons, not politicians, who discreetly held the most political power during the Gilded Age. So what do you guys have to say about this era? Well, the biggest development of the Gilded Age was urbanization, which consisted of population increase, technological and economic changes offering opportunities in urban industries, and reduced the, de the demand for labor on farms. This led to farmers moving to cities. That's great, Ariana. Could you go into detail about maybe its negative effects? Yes, of course, Joanna. Some of those negative effects include bad public health due to urbanization, as well as pollution and population growth. A more positive aspect of the industrialization in 1862, the, pa the Pacific Railroad Act established the Central Pacific and the Union Pacific Railroad Companies that built the trans transcontinental railroad that linked the United States from east to west coast. And this connection from east to west coast that Irana mentions illustrates the strong influence of manifest destiny in American goals for its future and quote-unquote prosperity. As you guys may know, manifest destiny was the idea that it was America's God-given right to own the land from the Atlantic to the Pacific Ocean. Precisely, Manifest Destiny was the reason for finishing the Mexican-American War, then followed by the Civil War when the slavery, slavery issue arises, thus leading us to the early part of this period, which is the Reconstruction Era of post-Civil War America, both in politics and social life. And thus we see how the first black senators such as Hiram Rhodes, Ravel, and representatives as well as being elected in areas that were primarily conservative or the Deep South, which means that the 14th Amendment was beginning to be in effect by Southern recently freed slaves. However, Reconstruction doesn't last long, and in about 14 years, we start losing interest in compensating these individuals. At least that's how it was viewed, because it wasn't actually a compensation. It was more of getting these individuals to learn how to be part of a society. Remember, being a slave for over 200 years, you didn't learn how to uh, speak the language or be part of your society, you just worked and you worked and you worked. So becoming part of the society was much tougher than it was uh, viewed by these individuals. So what you're saying is that the end of the Reconstruction is what actually leads to decades of, cor of corruption? Yes, in fact the rise of poll taxes, poll taxes create a disadvantage towards the African-Americans in the South, which allows for white Americans to get back the power they once had before the Civil War. I see. So this takes us back to, where, to what we initially were speaking about, the urbanization of America, where we have the Great Migration in which African-Americans move from the Deep South up to the Northern cities in search, for a better, in search of better economic opportunities.
And besides this great migration of African Americans, we also see the peak immigration from Eastern and Southern European countries where a bunch of individuals are coming into our country to look for jobs look, that are supposed to be giving higher wages than in other European countries. So what does this mean? It means cheap labor for the booming corporations of steel, oil, and railroads. For these reasons, tycoons like John D. Rockefeller, Andrew Carnegie, and J.P. Morgan come into play. Yes, as a matter of fact, Andrew Carnegie had a vertical integration system, which is a form of monopoly where one company owns all aspects of production from its beginning to its sell. The other form of monopoly is a horizontal integration, which is when a company buys out all their competitors, making it possible for the company to be the only supplier of that product. Which is the monumental aspect of how Rockefeller gained his fortune. And so moving on from monopolies, the people at the other end of this is the workers of the corporations. They were the people suffering from bad working conditions, long hours, and low wages. But these workers eventually had enough and began unions at, um, as an example, and began unions, one being the American Federation of Labor. Um, these eventually lost monumentum when a rally in Chicago became deadly and eight people died. This event is also known as the Haymarket Square Riot. Although many of these workers were suffering from these conditions, they were expecting relatively wages, higher wages than farmers. Because of the union's ability to gain relatively higher wages and slightly shorter working days, we see a culture of entertainment and leisure time becoming a part of the American identity. The beginning of amusement parks such as Colony Island are a big uh, example of this, how we just start growing an entertainment industry uh, that makes it able for workers to have some leisure time after work or after um, a long day's week because the hours were getting cut down to eight hours because of these unions. Also, sports such as baseball, football start to becoming a staple of the American society. Yes, and that is a perfect note to close on. The Gilded Age begins in the Reconstruction era and leads on to what will become our capitalist society, with the rich having the most power. We won't see a shift until the Progressive Era, when the government stops these laissez-faire ideals um, toward corporations. We conclude with entertainment and sport culture growing into what will ultimately become known as part of our, our American identity.